My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Welcome as we continue our journey through the Word of God and today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 14 through to the end of the chapter, verse 33. This is where Paul gets back to the issue of eating meat sacrificed to idols. What about eating meat in the restaurant of a pagan temple? Uh, So he says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Um. In the original language here, there is an article before idolatry, literally saying the idolatry. Paul's specifically referring to the idolatry at the pagan temples. Uh, even though the Christian uh, Corinthian Christians may have the liberty, the freedom to buy meat at the pagan temple butcher shop and prepare it in their own homes, they should flee from idolatry in regards to the restaurant of the pagan temple. So he's using the example of Israel and their lapse into idolatry. Paul tells the Corinthian Christians not to participate in the dinners that are served at the pagan temple. So, verse 15. I speak as to wise men, judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol is anything? Or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? He says, listen, I speak as to wise men. The Corinthian Christians tended to pride themselves on their wisdom. And Paul challenges them. If you are really wise, as wise as you say that you are, then carefully consider what I'm about to say here. And he talks about the cup of blessing. Are those uh, are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? Paul's point uh, may seem obscure to us, but it was very plain to somebody in that particular ancient culture Just as the Christian practice of communion speaks of unity and fellowship with Jesus, so the pagan banquets given in honour of their idols and their gods spoke of unity with demons who took advantage of misdirected worship. And to eat at a pagan temple banquet was to have fellowship at the altar of idols. Now the word partakers is the same word, koinonia, for communion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18, and also it's the same word used for fellowship in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. Guzik says this, In the thinking of that part of the ancient world, to eat at the same table with someone indicated friendship and fellowship with that person. Since you ate of one bread, 
that made you one body. Because you both shared of the same food at the same table. So to eat at the table of a pagan temple restaurant was not as innocent as it seemed. Now, Paul talks about the cup of blessing uh, was the last cup presented in the Passover ceremony. This was the cup that Jesus blessed at the Last Supper. And it was the one that interpreted was interpreted as the new covenant in my blood. When early Christians took communion, they were aware of its connection to the Passover and with the Last Supper of Jesus Christ with his disciples. They understood the connection. What am I saying then? That an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything? They sacrificed to demons. Paul's already acknowledged that an idol is nothing in the world. He talked about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. Does he now say that idols are actually demons? No, but he does say demon spirits, demonic spirits, take advantage of idol worship to deceive and enslave people without knowing it. And without knowing it, idol worshippers are glorifying demons in their sacrifice. Now, when Paul speaks of the Lord's table, he uses the term to contrast with the tables used for pagan idol meats. Uh, An ancient invitation to a meal at a pagan table reads, this is what it said. Um, uh, Okay, I'll just just read the whole thing. Um, So-and-so invites you to a meal at the table of the Lord Serapis in the temple of Serapis tomorrow at the 15th from 9 o'clock onwards. Um. It was actually, you were invited to something that you knew was going to be uh, focused on idols. Um, If it means something to eat at the Lord's table, then it means something to eat at the table of demons when you've been invited and you know what you've been invited to. This is the point that uh, Paul was making. Now, there may be two Corinthian ideas that uh, Paul wants to answer here. The Corinthian Christians thought, listen, since an idol isn't real, uh, it doesn't matter what we eat and it doesn't matter where we eat it. And Paul answers by agreeing that an idol is itself nothing in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, but now explains that demons take advantage of a man's ignorant or self-serving worship. Uh, secondly, the Corinthian Christians thought, as long as we participate in the Lord's table in communion, then we're safe in Jesus. And Paul answers that they disgrace the Lord's table when they fellowship with idols. And it was kind of an unwitting fellowship that they were partaking in with demons. They were participating in the dinners of pagan temples. And that will provoke the Lord to jealousy. He has a right. God has a right to all of our worship. He has a right to be offended if we give some of our fellowship and worship to demons. It doesn't matter that the Christian uh, Christians in Corinth didn't intend to worship demons at these particular heathen feasts in pagan temples. If, if, if a man, Guzik says this, if a man puts his hand into fire, it doesn't matter if he intends to burn himself or not. He is burned regardless of whether he intended to burn himself or not. So Paul says, are we stronger than he? The Corinthian Christians claimed the right to eat at pagan temples because they thought that they were such strong Christians. But Paul's saying, are you stronger than God is? I don't think so. 
You need to remind yourselves who you are. So then, verse 23. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edified, not all things build up. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. The Corinthian Christians were so focused on their rights and what they knew and what they knew to be right that they only asked one question. So what's the harm to me if I do this? Instead of asking the question that they also needed to ask, which is what good could this be for me? Just because something is permitted doesn't mean it's beneficial. The Corinthians didn't seek the helpful things or the things that would build up Essentially, instead of wanting to go forward with Jesus as much as they possibly could, they wanted to know how much they could get away with and still be Christians. That's the wrong approach to Christianity. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. The Corinthian Christians asked the question, listen, what's the harm to me? They did not consider at all how their actions may have harmed somebody else. Guzik said this, just because something is fine for me does not mean I should do it. My own rights or what I know to be permitted for myself, are not the standards by which I judge my behaviour. I must consider what is the loving thing to do towards my brothers and sisters in Jesus. That's what Guzik uh, is, is, is reminding us that Paul was trying to say here. Okay, uh, let's move on to verse 25. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. And if any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who has told you and for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord and all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? There's a lot in this. Uh, How can Paul say, eat whatever is sold in the meat market, in light of what he said earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20 and 21? This is what he said. Uh, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the demons. I do not want you to have any fellowship with demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons, simply because the meat isn't infected by demons uh, and can therefore be eaten. Paul's warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15 to 22, have to do with the atmosphere of fellowship with demons at the pagan temple, which is to be avoided, not the food itself. The sacrifice, uh, sacrifices lost their religious character when they sold the meat in the meat market. So it was permitted to eat the meat that may have been sacrificed to an idol at a private table. He says, ask no questions. At the butcher shop, uh, some of the meat that was being sold was sacrificed to, idol, uh, to idols, uh, and some of it was not. And Paul says, listen, if you're going to partake of the atmosphere of the pagan temple, the meat itself doesn't matter. Don't even ask, and then it won't bother you. And this was directed towards those Corinthian Christians who had uh, consciousness of the idol and their conscience being weak, which is defiled, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul says, "Don't, don't even ask. What if one of the brothers with a weak conscience objects 
and says, wait a minute, that meat was sacrificed to an idol. Paul responds by quoting Psalm 24. Listen, the earth is the Lord's and its fullness therein. The cow belongs to the Lord when it was on the hoof and it belongs to the Lord now that it's on the barbecue, Guzik says. Uh, the food wasn't the issue. The idol worshipping the atmosphere was the issue. The question, and sorry, the quotation from Psalm 24 verse 1 was used as a Jewish blessing at mealtimes. And Paul says it applies to food also. And he says, if any one of those who do not believe invites you to dinner, eat what is set before you. So if an unbeliever invites you to dinner, don't get into a debate with them about the meal. Don't ask. Just eat the food and it won't bother you. And, and Paul, you have to notice here, Paul doesn't prohibit socializing with non-Christians. He just prohibits the meal of fellowship at the pagan temples. But if anyone says to you this was offered to idols, then don't eat it. Paul has in mind the setting where a Christian is warned about the food by his unbelieving host or a Christian host with a sensitive conscience. And in that case, it's clear the person thinks it is wrong for Christians to partake of meat that's sacrificed to idols. So now, therefore, don't eat it for the sake of conscience, not your own, but for that of the other. But if I partake with thanks, that is, uh, if I can eat with a clear conscience and offending no one else's conscience, why am I evil spoken of? Since the food itself is not the problem, no one should judge another Christian who can eat meat sanctified to idols, sacrificed to idols, uh, as long as they don't violate their own conscience or somebody else's. Uh, it might seem that Paul's being a little bit inconsistent here, but he's actually being very consistent according to one particular principle, which is the principle of liberty and freedom within the limits of love. So, then we finish off. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offence either to the Jews or to the Greeks or the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. The purpose of our lives is not to see how much we can get away with and still be Christians. It is to glorify God. The if, if the Christians in Corinth would have kept this principle in mind from the very beginning, how much easier would it have made everything for them? Give no offence. Listen, an offence is an occasion to stumble, leading somebody else into sin. Paul said none of our behaviour should ever lead or encourage somebody else to sin. He's not talking about offending the legalism of others, something that he was not particularly shy about doing, Galatians chapter 5, verses 11 to 12, Paul's desire regarding men was that they may be saved. And more often than we think, um, poor conduct in Christian living is connected to just having such little regard for those who are lost. Paul's con concern was, not seeking his own profit, but that all may be saved. That's the observation for me. Listen, don't do just what's right for you because you think it's, well, I, I have a right. Um, don't, don't see what you can get away with. 
Let's, let's live our lives closer to Jesus, not closer to sin. Let's not, let's not err on the side of, oh, how far can I get before I mess up? Let's err on the side of how, how, how sanctified can I become and set apart to God can I become for the glory of God? Still having a meal with unbelievers, still socialising with people who don't know Jesus, how else are they going to find Jesus? But making sure that we set ourselves apart from the things of the world. Lots in this. Tell me what you observe in the comments below. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that is contained in this passage. Uh, Help us apply it to our lives. Help us be inspired, Lord, to live our lives differently for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day. Thank you.